Welcome back to the Dream Lab series podcast, where we go behind the mindset of high achievers. My name is Audrey Diaz-Robles, and I am your life and confidence coach. And I am Sabrina Casilla, your life and business coach. Sabrina, so something that comes up a lot with my clients, and wanted to talk to you about it because I'm sure you see it too, is overwhelm. Yeah. My clients sometimes tell me that they feel so overwhelmed with their responsibilities overall, right? Like as wives, as mothers, and then on top of work. And then when you think about everything else that you're trying to accomplish, especially in the beginning of the year, when you're trying to start the year off right and check off all of these things, it leads to then sometimes doing nothing. Yeah. Because it feels like too much. Yep. I have two thoughts about overwhelm. I'm going to mm-hmm. share one. I think it's a little controversial. And the second one, I think, is part of the first one. But I'll start with the first one. Number one, I think it's all in our heads. And I can say that as a person who at times still gets overwhelmed. But um, there's a lot of um, enlightenment when you live very aware and you're able to question your thoughts, Right. So I think it's in our heads because it's our thoughts. So the minute you say, I'm overwhelmed, all your brain wants to do is make you feel that you're right and that you could just avoid it. And if you avoid it, the overwhelm will go away. But that's not true. You just get more overwhelmed, right? Right. It's kind of like a wave that just comes at you and makes you think that there's no way that you can tackle the mountain in front of you but I'm with you I 100% agree I believe that overwhelm is a choice yeah because it is a thought it is a thought it's looking at the things that you have to do and deciding that it's just way too much for you and you can't do it and we are not saying that it isn't a lot we know that as women we have a lot of responsibilities to other people for ourselves with work in our personal lives, but there's a difference when you show up looking at the problem as opposed to, okay, well, what kind of energy do I need in order to get this done? That's primary. Yeah. The the way we operate through our day has to rely on the energy with which we show up. And we are big on managing our energy. Yeah. Here's what I'll say when I said like, it's also like all in our heads, right? It's, it's something that we make up is that we don't like to feel incompetent, right? We don't like to feel like we can't really do it all. So the first Mm -hmm. thing you have to acknowledge, like you said, is it's a lot. And you should acknowledge that first. And you should tell yourself it's a lot. And then you should write down all the things you have to do so that you can clearly see that you're not crazy for feeling overwhelmed, right? It is a real emotion, but it's what are you going to do? What's the choice here? Am I going to continue to live overwhelmed and avoiding things? Or am I going to decide to really look at all the things that I'm doing and where can I really shave off, right? I'll give you a perfect example. This just happened this morning. First, it happened on Wednesday. Lorenzo has to stay quarantined until Tuesday from school. And I felt overwhelmed because I immediately felt like my time is being robbed from me. Like I have all these things to do and now I don't have a choice in my time, right? I can relate to that. I can yeah. relate to that. And so what I did is I said, okay, it is a lot. So what can I do, right? Like, where can I ask for support? Where can I ask for things? 
Then this morning, I got a call from Camila's school, and now she's quarantined for the next week because there was an exposure in her school. And now I really feel like my whole week is derailed, right? And that's just my brain trying to be like, hey, you had a lot to do, and now it's going to get harder. But none of those thoughts are real. So what I did is I looked at everything that I have to do, and this is where you really need to learn to ask for support in the way that you need it. Number one, I know I can share this with moms and they'll relate and that makes me feel better. Number two, I had to really look at my calendar. The first thing I did is there is someone who helps us take care of our kids from time to time. I asked her what next, next week, what are two days that she can come? And I'm going to make sure that I schedule time away from the home, even if it's for three to four hours where Carlos could be home with the kids. That instantly made me feel better and not as overwhelmed right well, but i'm trained to think that way yeah let's break it down and that's part of managing the energy that i talked about so you can look at it and complain because we know those mothers right that go on facebook or vent to us about how everything just sucks and now they can't do this and their whole day or week everything's ruined and that's one route to go but we're trying to be you know more mature about this not go that route stop ourselves and be like wait okay, can I change this? No, I can't. These are the cards with which with which I've been dealt. Now, what can I do about it? And right. being more solution-oriented, which is what you just did in the case with Lorenzo and Camila. So managing your energy is part of that. It's also deciding that you, ha you have a choice. Sometimes we don't like the choice. It's not what we would have picked for ourselves. Yeah. But it's, it's always important to realize you have a choice. And then the second step of that is what you just mentioned is when you write down what you have, so it's not so overwhelming. And part of that is also that sometimes if we forget something, then we'd feel worse. But being able to write it down to just do that brain dump on paper yeah. is important, not just so to get everything out and we could see it in front of us, but also delegating like you did by calling this babysitter. Yeah. Because, because I think that sometimes as women, we'd like to take on the things because we right. want to say we are busy and look at everything that I'm doing. Right. Honestly, I'm in a place in my life that I want to say I really have not much to do because I've just managed my, my priorities so well that I stick to the things that I can do, that I find joy in doing, that only I can actually do and then delegate off everything else. Yeah. And I want you to, you just said something that's really important. And I think it was said there and it might be missed. So I just want to say it. Look, you don't have to like the circumstance and you still have a choice. Them being home for the next seven days still sucks. That's not going to go away. I still don't have full control of my time because they will be here. And if you notice what I did is I asked someone to help me and I asked them, what are the two days? Why? Because I know it's more likely she's going to say yes than if I say I need you on these days and it's easier for me to move my schedule around those days, right? Mm -hmm. That's number one. But the other part of overwhelm is when you're avoiding things and asking yourself, why are you really avoiding things? When you feel overwhelmed, it's usually not because of the whole picture because there are parts of that whole picture that you enjoy doing. There are parts of that whole picture that you don't mind doing. When you're feeling overwhelmed, I really want you to challenge yourself after you write down the list and be like, okay, what's the real reason I feel overwhelmed? Is it that I 
am avoiding paying this bill because I don't feel like I have enough. And that's, it's a chain reaction of a very deep rooted part of what you're avoiding when you feel overwhelmed or not acknowledging that you're missing something in your life, that there's the reason why you feel so overwhelmed in all of the day-to-day, which really becomes mundane after a while, is because there's something missing. And I Mm -hmm. think looking in the mirror and asking yourself what's missing, it's a hard thing to do. Because then you have to take responsibility for that thought. Yeah, it's funny because I have weeks that I feel more overwhelmed than others. It's a lot. So if, if you guys don't know, I have three boys, 11, 9, and 2. And I drop them off and pick them up most days of the week. And I also help run my family business, which puts me in the Bronx, which is about an hour away from, from where I live, about three times a week. And then I have my coaching clients and recording this podcast weekly. So my time is always like, I run my day like clockwork, making sure that I start off with me. And then it's like, bam, 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 one thing after another in order to fit it all in. And there's days that it feels like I'm drowning. When I, and that's because I take a step back to look at what's my whole day like. And to your point, when I think of the whole week, I tend to feel overwhelmed when there's not enough time for me. So yes, I start off every day with my workout. And you know how I feel about my workout. I love it. It's my me time. But then I, I realize like they're not, there's not enough fun in my week. Yeah. There's not enough time for me to do nothing. And I'm the type of person, I'll tell you right now, being as busy as I am, I also need to know that I have time to do nothing. I don't know if me that's too. an introvert thing. Yeah. I don't know if it's an introvert thing, but I need to know like, okay, you have this afternoon with no calls, nothing just to do whatever you want. Yeah. And sometimes and I, I don't know about can... you, but I'm sorry to interrupt you. I don't know about yeah. you, but my time to do nothing includes not playing with kids. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say that. Yeah. That's absolutely it... safe. And that's okay to say. When I have nothing to do, that doesn't mean that it's my family time. Right? Yeah. It's when I want you. nothing to do, it means I want no one around me. I tell my kids so much with my nothing time, I tell my kids, I'm going to be in my room. I'm locking the door. Pretend I'm not here. And that's when I'll catch up on like some TV shows and I'll just lay in my bed, not respond to anything, nobody. And you have the right to do that because I think that we feel guilty taking that time. It's not nothing time. It's resting time. And it needs to be put into your calendar. Like the busier you are, yeah, the more you need that time. It's interesting you say that because for me, when I feel overwhelmed, it means that I haven't, I don't foresee any time alone. Mm-hmm. And all I'm doing is internalizing the emotions that haven't even happened, right? Right. So for example, as soon as I got the call from the schools, my mind went to, that's it, I have no time. And so what my brain did is I started to feel all the emotions as if the seven days had already passed and I was already overwhelmed and I had not had any time, right? And I started to cry. I felt Mm. all those emotions. Mm -hmm. Then I realized, actually, the seven days haven't even started. How can I plan my time, right? I plan my time. 
The other time when I feel overwhelmed that I have to be really honest is when I don't feel like I'm smart enough to do something. Mm. I'm going to give you an example. The Dream Lab is something that we're very passionate about and we're always trying to reinvent. And what, how is it that we're really going to grow this company? And I think what we've done is great, but you and I have calls all the time about what's next for the Dream Lab. What are we growing? How are we doing this, right? And I feel overwhelmed when I have an idea and I feel like, oh, but I don't know how to do that. Again, what my brain has done is already made the decision that I don't know how to do it, right? Without even asking myself, how could I do it? How could I get support? How can I talk about this? Like, for some reason, those thoughts never enter first. And then I unconsciously make the decision, I don't know how to do something. I can't figure it out. Other people can figure it out and I can't. And I avoid the work for a period of time. And then I feel overwhelmed because I feel frustrated, right? Yeah, and that's relatable. I said to somebody yesterday, be where your feet are. And it's one of the reasons that I love the obstacle is the way so much in Ryan Holiday and all the work he does on stoicism, because you realize that like, if you just stand in the present moment, where you are right now, you are okay. Everything that is scaring you, everything that's worrying you, everything that's overwhelming you lives in another place that doesn't exist. Yeah. And we create, this is where I really want you guys to listen. We create the suffering in our minds. And it doesn't exist. And we live it and we feel it, but it's not real. And then we take it out on other people and then we're just miserable and yeah. We're just spinning our wheels all the time for nothing. One of my favorite things to think about is just divine providence. This is where my faith comes in. When I'm worried about something down the road, a problem, like whatever it may be, an illness, financial, and I just think to myself, at this moment, God has given you everything that you need. Divine providence. And tomorrow, like it says in the book of Matthew, tomorrow has its own worries. So just keep focused on today. And that's so important. And so that's what I did, right? And that's what I do. It's a working progress. I find myself in these overwhelmed pit holes. And now I'm able to get myself out of them. Honestly, I want to say within a day. I don't stay there for much longer than a day. A third thing that I want to share that I realized, I'm just trying to share with people perspectives on why you might feel overwhelmed and what are the real root causes. So one of them for me is honestly adulting, right? Mm. I'm going to say that because (laughs) when I, when it comes to doing adult things, like setting up insurance for us, following up with certain things, household things, like all those things, they overwhelm me sometimes. And it's because I don't, I wasn't very good at adulting in my twenties. Like I avoided a lot of things. I wasn't always so responsible. And what I haven't realized sometimes when I feel I have all these things in my brain looks for that proof. And again, I start to relive that like, Oh, I'm not good at these things anyways. And now I'm like, okay, none of that is true. Write down what you need to do. Write down what, what we have to do. And then, figure out, do you want to do these? 
you know, I have a partner. So like, is he going to take on some of that responsibility? And we meet about it. And I share specifically when I feel overwhelmed. But once I write it down, I'm like, oh, I'm actually embodying the person I was in my 20s. And I'm feeling irresponsible because the list is long. And that's making me feel overwhelmed. But the list is long because we have a lot of responsibilities, right? It's not because I haven't done something. And understanding that, again, really helps. And being able to ask for help when you need it is the most important thing. Like you said, so many of us want to martyr ourselves, right? Like, I do all these. I don't want to do any of it. We like it. We like My it. My goal is to have, like, a house manager. Like, yeah. any first, then house manager. <laughs> you know how I feel about that. Definitely want all of those things. I yeah. do not glamorize having to do a lot of things. And I'm not going to feel bad about that. I think sometimes we feel bad. Like yeah. when we hear other women comp- complaining about how much they have going on. I've felt bad in the past, but I don't just because I've learned how to delegate so many things. And then, but you know what? It's, it's a good thing because I've learned. I've learned how to take care of myself and my own mental peace. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of us are working from home. Some of you maybe stay-at-home moms. So you become the default parent. And when you become the default parent, you it, it's exactly in the name. By default, get mm-hmm. it? Default. You didn't make these decisions. You didn't talk about them. You're doing the way it all felt. these things. Right. And after you start doing all these things for a long period of time, you start to feel resentful and overwhelmed. But the reality is, is never in that process did you sit down and say like, okay, where do I need help? How are we going to tackle this? How are we going to do this so that I'm not doing it all? And that goes back to the episode that I recorded on my own after my family trip about expressing our needs. Because there's so many things that we go on doing and roles we go on taking because we never had the discussion. Like you said, it falls in by default and you just assume that it's always going to be there. You build up these stories of resentment in your head when all it could have taken was just one simple conversation and the other person would have been happy to help. Yeah. And I want to add to that and saying that just because someone doesn't offer. Right doesn't mean they don't want to help you. We all have different perspectives of what need is and what we, how we want to be helped. And just because your family members or your friends or your partners haven't offered. So if you're a person who thinks like, well, if they really wanted to, they would. No, Mm. that's not the way this works. You set your boundary. You set your guidelines for how it is and what you expect in a very respectful manner, you have these conversations, you learn to communicate your needs. And before you know it, people start to really understand an expectation of your needs, because you've communicated them so much that the default starts to look a little different. So for us, I'm very open that I can't be home with the kids seven days a week all day. Like I'm very open to it. It happens sometimes, but it's not ideal for me. So the idea of calling a babysitter and having them come for two weeks actually right off the bat didn't come to me. It came from Cardinals. It's like, hey, call so-and-so, see what they can do. I'm going to look at my schedule because it's already something we've already communicated about that while I am able to work from home and 
it's such a privilege that if the kids do have to stay home, it's not about who's going to stay and who's going to do that. Like, it's just, that's part of it. Right. But together having so many conversations around what the needs are and what the expectations are. And I want to say that you get to have these conversations, even if you're a stay at home mom. Right. It's so, you know, one of the things that I do with my clients is check in via text in between our calls. And last night I'm chatting with one of them about something that she needs. She's kind of, I'm like, what do you need right now? She's like, I just need to vent about what's going on. And the more she vented, it became clear that there was a decision that she wanted to make and she felt guilty about it because her husband didn't offer the help that she was requesting. And she wasn't giving herself that option either. And I said to her, it's really clear that this seems to be what you want. How do you feel about that? She's like, yes, but then I don't know what he's going to say. So already she made this decision for him and already she was feeling a lot of guilt and resentment for wanting it. And I told her, go have the conversation. Literally two minutes later, she comes back and she's like, he said yes. And I was like, two minutes. And you've been like torturing yourself for a couple of weeks now about wanting this thing that you couldn't even express out loud. Yeah. And it's like two minutes. And it's because when you learn to communicate your needs, look, he could have said no. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. He could have said no. And communicating your needs is still important. The person's answer is not about saving you, right? Whether it's yes or no. The person's answer is is data that you're going to receive and you're going to have another conversation about it or you're going to realize, I think I've talked about this before, asking for support from the people who are capable of giving it to you, right? Mm -hmm. And what does that look like for you? So we're accustomed to only asking for support from our partners, from our family members. And this is why I think a coach or community is super important because I'm sorry to say, sometimes the very people who are the closest to you don't have the capacity to support you in the way that you need. Doesn't make them bad people, but they just don't know how to, right? In that process, you're learning how to communicate your needs and you're internalizing people's no as not supporting you. Remember when you're asking for something and you want to get over the overwhelm, it's about satisfying yourself. Right. And how can you best do that? Right. But you can't get good at the art of communicating your needs if you don't start. Yeah. I mean, ultimately we say this all the time, it starts and ends with you. So it's about you learning how to communicate your needs. And if the person says yes or no, it doesn't matter because you know that you're ultimately responsible for yourself and what you do decide to do. Right. I mean, this happens in business. You and I are partners in the Dream Lab and we communicate our needs all the time, which is why we've pivoted this business a handful of times, right? Mm -hmm. And we've decided how we're able to show up for ourselves in the business, in the life that we want which is extraordinary, right? That we know every time we question something, every time we pivot, it's always to be in line with how we, what's the greater vision for our lives? Yes. So ultimately, when you're feeling overwhelmed, it's like everything else we've taught you here. Just take a minute to pause. Identify what's really going on. It's not your to-do list, because let's face it, it's always going to be unending. But it's 
what are the needs that you haven't spoken up about? What are the things that you actually really do need? Who can help you? And how can you look at it differently? How can you better manage your energy to look at it and not feel defeated? Yeah. Because that's a choice. Yeah. A lot of the times where I work with women and we talk about outsourcing and getting help, one of the first things that comes up is like, oh, I can't afford that. Mm. And then my question is, I'm like, have you looked into it? Have you priced it out? And their usual answer is no. Mm -hmm. And then because I outsource a lot of things, I share some perspective on averages. And when I share those numbers, they're usually very surprised. And they're like, well, I, I could do that. Right. I said, so you're not even allowing yourself to explore what things look like because you've already made a decision not to do that. And that's what we mean when we talk about really exploring what's the root of what you need here, right? It's not the list. It's also, I think overwhelm is also an excuse to stay small. Yeah. I agree. Because you take comfort in the fact that there are things that scare you that you can't do just because you have so much going on. Mm -hmm. And you want to prove to yourself that it's you're true. not doing those big things because this is true. Because that, that list is legit, right? You generally have a lot to do. Yeah. I was thinking about this yesterday. Uh, someone asked me about a promotion. And... I start to think about the times where I made myself at work a very busy person, very like I have so much going on and I was doing it and doing all the things I wanted to do for the validation, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes I would do the woe is me, I have a lot going on just in case I couldn't deliver. I wanted people to know that, oh, but it's okay because I already shared with you that I have a lot going on, right? And and I would feel overwhelmed by that because God forbid you don't do something 100%, right? And all of that is about reprogramming and retraining your own thoughts, the reasons why you're doing things. I love that because I've been in your shoes. I've done the same thing. And sometimes we're just looking for that validation. We're looking for that sympathy, but really, where is that going to get us? Okay, someone's like, wow, you're so busy. You have so much to do. Does it make your life better? Are you feeling better about yourself because someone agreed? What yeah. aren't you doing with your time that yeah. could get you to a better place in life if you weren't so scared to let go of where you are right now? And then I even ask yourself further than that is, if I'm looking for so much validation, why do I want to be seen so bad? What am I missing? Now we're getting in deep. Yeah. Actually, that since we're getting in so deep, this is the type of journey that we're going to be doing in the mastermind. And we yeah. really invite you. So this is Friday. Registration is going to close on Sunday. It's a very small, intimate group. It's almost filled. But the reason why we're keeping it so small is because this stuff gets personal on both ends from the people being coached to us as coaches. Every time I coach, I feel like I'm being stretched and I'm really excited about this journey and what that could really mean to women. 
you and I were even just talking about this behind the scenes that this is why a coach is so important because they're going to call you out on things that you weren't even considering ways that you've been holding yourself back that you've been blind to and they open up your eyes to look at things and possibilities that you would not have considered unless someone else pointed them out to you yeah and it's not always fun (laughs) no it's it's it confronts you because you don't want to see all the BS you're telling yourself about why you can't do this, why you can't do that. We like to be so comfortable in our excuses. <laughs> yeah. But you can choose to be comfortable in your excuses or you can choose to grow. And this mastermind, it's not only you and I together, but it's peer coaching. Because once you're in this group with the other women on the journey and you hear yourself saying the things out loud that have been stopping you, you're going to be surprised at how small you've been playing. And I don't know about you, Sabrina, I don't want to play small anymore. And it's, it's, it's like a scale because I think other people see us and they're like, Oh, they only play small. Look at all the things that they do, but there's always more potential to us. There's always space to grow. There are always new limits to reach. Yeah. Even in everything that we do, because we're always challenging ourselves, you and I always come to the conclusion and be like, okay, it's not that we've been, yeah, we ultimately come to the conclusion that we've been playing small. And that's because we really go deep and trying to figure out where are we limiting ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. And if we're limiting ourselves, we're limiting our audience and we're limiting our potential, which is not what you and I want to do, right? And doing all of this work for me is always about questioning myself. Like just because I did good doesn't mean I didn't play small and just because I come to the realization that I play small doesn't mean I'm judging myself right we often hear when we when we have these real conversations because we want to go into this immediate comfort people will say oh you have to have grace with yourself I I do throughout the whole process I can still be honest with myself and saying like wow I can see clearly where I've been limiting myself and those are the type of things that we're going to uncover on this mastermind ultimately it, it all comes down to fear fears that we have putting ourselves out there what other people are going to say all the general fear fears that we feel but together it's like shining a light and that kind of light when you bring things to the surface when you open up and talk about them that drives out fear because then you see it's not as scary as you've built it up to be in your head right and I want you to know that even if you feel that you've done amazing you're still limiting yourself. Imagine if you did this, what more could you do? So if you know you want to do more, if you know that you've been feeling disconnected from yourself and like there's something missing, it's going to take work. And through these 10 weeks, we're going to take you through this journey of understanding what life could really look like for you and not having the fears become the guide that makes decisions for you, but for you to become comfortable in your skin where you trust yourself to make the decisions for the life that you want. Well, it's that if you've done good and you've achieved something, it's because of your current mental state, but the next stage is unknown. So therefore you have to keep growing if you want to keep reaching, because if you were already capable of that, you would have been there. Right. And if you're anything like Audrey and I, even when you reach something, because you're ambitious, you're always going to be like, okay, this is great. And what's next? 
And sometimes that end next is even scarier because you've accomplished so much and you're like, can I really like Audrey and I are from the mindset of like the impossible is possible. And we're always going to be trying to figure out what that looks like for us. And if that's you, we want to work with you. So, and in a way that feels good, I have to say that in a way that feels good, that I'm living a life in which I feel I'm thriving and it's beautiful. And I get to incorporate a lot of fun into it. Yeah. You and I are very aligned in that. We are not here to hustle. We believe in the miracles and magic that happens when you really stretch yourself and believe in yourself and start to transform yourself. And that's what this mastermind is. And it's called Atrevete because we know that a lot of you are not daring into what it is that you're trying to do. So this is a dare for you to live out your most extraordinary, impossible, glorious life that you could think of, that you thought you could only put on a vision board, we want to make that a reality for you. I mean, right now, as soon as you finish this podcast, go put on that song. It's inspired by Calle Treces, Atrevete. Put on that song, dance a little in your living room, your room, your car, wherever you're listening to this, and think about what your life could be like if you would shed that fear. And when I say that fear, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you shed that and then you're just more in tune with who you want to be on the inside. And I know you know who that woman is. Like the the literal cliche of the butterfly coming out of the cocoon. You know the life that you want deep down inside. And you know what's holding you back. Let's do away with it. Yeah. And a little behind the scenes of what's going to happen is Audrey and I will also get very personal within this mastermind. So you can clearly see how we've transformed. We'll share with you our fears that we've had and how even in the scariest decisions that we've had to make and come to terms with that we knew that as scary as those decisions were for our lives, that at the other side, we trusted ourselves that it was going to be better than it already has been. And I know, like Audrey says, if you have a fear, you know you want something and there's a fear there. I know it's like that you're just scared of what people will say. I know that a lot of you are really struggling with real fears that you think would shatter your world. Yes. And I want you to know that we've been there and we know that there is a different way of approaching this. So we start January 20th. Uh, registration will end on Sunday. You could DM Audrey or myself and ask us if you want to join. The reason why we want you to DM, DM us is because, like we said, this is a very intimate group, and we want to know why every single woman who wants to be in this group wants to be in this group. And that they're willing to do the work. Yes. Yeah, I wrote this in my stories today. I was talking about coaching with somebody and the kind of coach that I want to be and how everything that you and I do is simple because we're solely focused on the transformation that we want to create for women. And I'm not here to entertain people. (laughs) She had a a break, you know, just like our COVID story. Sorry. The kids are home. The kids are home. Um, Relatable. I was, I was sharing this with a friend and I'm like, well, you know, I we could do all the fancy things, create the most 
you know, interesting automated, like crazy type of branding, which I think used to drive me, you know, in a way because I really wanted to impress people. And now I'm like, no, you know what? The transformation happens when you get on the phone with us because we're the coaches who are going to drive you through that. And so if you're, if you're looking for answers that are, you know, are within you and you're willing to really stretch yourself and question yourself and really lean into that next version of yourself, this is for you. If you're looking to be entertained and you really are looking for someone just to give you answers and tell you what to do, the mastermind is not for you because that's not what Audrey and I are here for. Yeah. We facilitate your growth, but it's your growth to do. Yeah. And take it from someone who used to want answers from people. That is not how you grow. You really need to face the fears, the limiting beliefs, and it's just different when you take responsibility for your group. Mm-hmm. So join us, DM us. We're excited. Thank you for joining us. It's always fun to have these conversations with you. Yeah. So if this if this episode really resonated with you, share it with your friend, put it on your social media. Leave us a review, ladies. Leave us a review. Happy, Happy Friday. Friday.